welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello. Hello, everyone. G'day, my name is Mitch, and hi, Mark. It's great to see you. Uh, normally, I'm the person who puts together these videos, and I'm always in front of the camera there, and I always give an incredible in- intro to the uh, speaker. I'm starting to, at least. And so I thought I'd give an incredible intro to the speaker today, but I thought I'd show a lot of humility because it's myself. Um, so that's the humble thing to do is to tell you of how humble I am and not giving myself an intro. Uh, but I'm speaking today, as Penny mentioned at the start of the service, Lee and Justin are uh, in the US right now. And so they have uh, having a great time. They'll be back in a couple of weeks. And so we get some, uh, some other speakers like Seth next week and myself and some other awesome, incredible speakers who I'm not going to announce. Um, so, hello. It's great to be here. Normally within the first minute, I'll eventually stop shivering and get the nerves out, because this is not my favourite thing, but I'm pleased to be here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, And I always like to start a message with a slab of scripture. So, uh, hopefully these all uh, show up behind me, but I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 in the Amplified Version, uh, and we're just going to have some fun this morning. Does that sound good? Awesome. All right. Verse 14. I bow my knees. Yeah, that's right. Good. Okay. I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, God the first and ultimate Father. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith, and may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love, fully, ex- fully experiencing that amazing endless love. So let's stop here. I'd love to ask some questions and just get a bit of crowd participation because uh, a bit of noise will help me also feel, feel at home up here. So I'm going to ask some questions. So feel free to yell out the answers. Hmm? So uh, what would be the most famous Bible scripture in the world? John 3.16. I heard it from Penny first, and Penny saw that there were prizes. So Penny, you get a prize. For God so loved the world. There you go. For God so loved me, for God so loved you. What would be, next question, what would be the most well-known kids' church song of all time? Yes, Jesus loves me. Good job. Have an egg. Over Mark, over you. Oh, I apologize. Awesome. All right, third question. Who here knows that they are loved by God? to yell out, guys. Awesome. Yes. None of you get prizes. You're all too quiet. (laughs) So we have this scripture, this passage. So why is Paul in this scripture praying on his knees in reverence before God that we would know his love? It's one of the first things we are told that, you know, when we become a Christian, Jesus loves you. There's slogans, God loves you, Jesus loves you. Uh, And even in this chapter, this is chapter 3 of his book to the Ephesian church, to the church in Ephesus. And the very first verse in the very first chapter says, to the saints at Ephesus, or to the believers. 
So these are people who should know that they are loved by God, yeah? Let's read on. Verse 19, the first half of it. And that you may come to know practically through, exper- through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. I love what it says in the, um, the New Living Translation, that you may experience the love of Christ though it is too great to fully understand. So Paul is praying, he's begging, I want them to know the love that's beyond knowledge, not something that we can uh, study or cat, uh, but something that's revealed to us, that we can experience something deeper that's, uh, that is revealed, and not just something that's you know, a slogan on the side of a church that Jesus loves you. Um, but now we get to a really cool part of this scripture, which is, what a, which is where I want to base myself this morning, and that's the second part of this verse and there's this really cool joining word uh, before it, um, so that. So Paul wants us to know this love so that in the second half, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Who here wants to be filled and flooded with God, with the fullness of God? Dave, you were first. This hasn't been part of the game, but I heard you. Great catch. <laughs> Today, I want to look at this, uh, this topic of being filled with the fullness of God. And since I was asked to do this message a long time ago, I've been thinking about what the heck am I going to share about? Because I don't talk often up here. And uh, one of the things that kept on coming to my mind, that kept on popping up, is uh, the verse Psalm sixteen eleven. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And if you are here a couple of weeks ago when my dad was speaking, when Pastor Mike was here speaking, he liked to make a little substitution in this verse of, in your fullness is, in your presence is the fullness of everything. And that's really cool. It's sort of not a small uh, substitution. It's quite a large substitution. In your presence is the fullness of joy, the fullness of love, the fullness of peace, the fullness of everything. And so I was really drawn to this idea of the fullness of God. And that's how we got to this verse today. So let's have some fun. Uh, with this, the idea of the fullness, I'm sure many of you might uh, feel the same, that if you were to come up here and share, there might be a little bit of awkwardness to it in that, like, I would be at, like, 1% of 1% of 1%. It's something that you can't gauge, and it's something that we're always growing in, but... Let's have a look at what this could actually, uh, you know, look like for us and, yeah. So when we uh, become Christians, we are told that Christ lives in us, that, uh, you know, Jesus enters our heart. And, you know, when we're baptised in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit comes and dwells within us, which is awesome. And so are we full? Yes. And are we being filled Yes, we're both being filled and full. And Paul is praying that we comprehend the love of Christ, which is beyond thought, so that we are filled to fullness of God. In the, um, in the Bible, there is one other mention of fullness of God, and that's in uh, Colossians 1.19. And it reads, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus. He's referring to Jesus. Which makes sense, doesn't it? All God the Father, God the Son. The Father was pleased to have his fullness dwell in the Son. It makes perfect sense. 
In Romans 8.29, we read, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now, Jesus is operating out of the fullness of God. We are to be conformed to the likeness to the, and the image of Jesus. So is this fullness uh, possible for us? Um, we, the, Paul does such a great job in the scripture because the very next verse, in verse 20, we read, Now to him who is able to do, or in the Amplified, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we can dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams, according to his power there is a work within us. Now to him who is able to do abundantly more. God is, uh, not God, Paul is praying to the God of the impossible who can do abundantly more than we could dare to even ask for, that we comprehend the incomprehensible love of God so that we're filled with fullness. So what could that, what the, could that look like? Um, I was, there's a famous quote, which many of you probably heard, because I know my dad has used it many times, and that's by William Booth, and who's the founder of the Salvation Army. And the quote is, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set the kingdom of heaven upon earth. I think this is a really great quote and picture of you know how he's viewing you know people who are 100%, 100% going after God and pursuing God that they will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven. And for me personally, when I think of uh, the fullness of God, the first thing that comes to my mind is the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, the, the fullness of his love in us, being evident in us, you know, the fullness of uh, peace, not just when the children are asleep, but all the time, and not just, you know, the fullness of, of joy, you know, not just when the tigers win their Dave, always joyful, the fullness. Yeah, we've just had Easter, the fullness of self-control. Who here is guilty of sneaking way too many eggs when the spouse wasn't watching? Yeah. Hey, you deserve an egg for that. Honesty. Yeah. Ah, oh, intercepted. <laughs> you know, the fullness of self-control, fullness of the fruits of the Spirit. You know, is your fruit on display? The next thing I think about is, um, is the fullness of, your, of his life being demonstrated within you? And I like to use the, well, you would have heard the, um, the analogy before, um, you know, when we're being conformed to the likeness of God of, you know, Play-Doh, you know, the stuff kids play with and what we play with, and we've got abundance of Play-Doh toys, Thanks, thank you to Penny. I personally hate this stuff. It's way too messy. I do not like messy activities, craft activities. I save that for Jill. Uh, I like to do the adventurous ones. But you have the idea of Play-Doh. We've got the mould, uh, the you know, the plastic shape of Jesus, you know, we're getting stuffed in there, we're getting moulded into his image, and, you know, the excess stuff, the stuff we don't need is left behind, and we're left with this image of Jesus. And so, you know, what is someone seeing when they see you? Or better yet, you know, who is someone seeing when they're seeing you? The fullness of God dwelling in you should be obvious to those around um, and that's not to condemn anyone or myself, but the fullness of God dwelling in you should be obvious to those around. So 
I'd like to get practical, look at maybe some uh, things that we can apply to our lives uh, in, this, in this topic. And that's, uh, if we'll first look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, for our knowledge of him who died, who, sorry, knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. God has given us everything we need. You know, we've got Christ in us. His spirit dwells in us. And, you know, we then have things that we can practically do to pursue the fullness of God. And the first thing is super easy. It's found in the first part of that verse 19, is to know the love of God, which far surpasses knowledge. How easy is that? Know something that is beyond our our knowledge. (laughs) Um, But there are things we can do. There are steps that we can take to make that, uh, to make, you know, to advance in that journey. And the first thing is just being intentional and pursuing God. It looks like the time for us that we've just done, that Justin was sending out every morning, it looks like pursuing God, pursuing his heart, pursuing and prioritizing the presence of God. In Matthew 6, 33, we read, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. First, we all know, but it's just like we just got to do. We just got to seek it. We've got to seek his presence. I remember last time I spoke, I played also, man, you get get hot up there playing and you get hot standing here, got shorts in the car, should have worn them. Um, a couple of weeks ago I went, uh, I took the kids swimming, took Ryan Haven swimming, Dandenong Oasis, um, it's where I play squash, so side note, if anyone wants to play a game of squash, I'm always looking for partners, uh, but while I was there I had a look at the pools, um, you know, it's an old facility, the family facilities, change rooms are atrocious, non-existent, but the pools are really good for a one and two-year-old. They get a little bit older, they're probably not very good. But for a one and two, perfect. So I take these kids swimming and in, a, in this kid's pool where, you know, gradual decline and everything they need is in that pool. They don't need more water, they don't need more depth, they don't need it bigger. Everything they need is right there. All they have to do is walk out and have fun and enjoy it. You know, everything we need in this life we have, we have access to, we just need to pursue it, we just need to walk on out there. And so, you know, if you're feeling like, um, I heard a great quote by Seth when I was doing my Reese, putting together some clips for Seth that we saw, one of his, uh, one of the things he said is, you know, if God is feeling distant, why don't you just make an appointment? It's as simple as that. Just make an appointment to see him. Um, You know, set the alarm, you know, read the Bible, pray. Worship, spend time with him, you know. And the other cool point there is um, my children cannot swim. They're one and two. They can't swim. And the water is too deep eventually, so they will try to drown, and they did try to drown, and I had to save their life many a times, but that's part of the fun. Um, But I could stand. I could stand at any point anywhere in this entire pool, so can God, Um, you know, swim out to him, walk out to him, pursue him. You know, we can read about uh, the love of God. You know, so this isn't the love Paul's praying about, we can, but we can read about the love of God, for God so loved the world. We can sing about the love of God. Jesus loves me, this I know. Um, but we need to experience it. You know, we need to, you know, we need the unexplainable love 
to be revealed to us. You know, and that comes ultimately just from seeking him, seeking after him. The, the second thing is humility, just like with the Plato illustration, you know, making you know, room for him in you or removing the things from your life that take up space from him. Uh, another great illustration uh, that I heard was, you know, imagine your hand. You could do it if you want to. You really don't need to. Uh, clenching a handful of pebbles. And then God's hand is there holding a handful of diamonds. You can't grab the diamonds until you open your hand and let go of the pebbles to grab the diamonds. Uh, is there stuff in the way of him? Is there stuff that needs to be removed from your life for him, for his fullness to fill up? Um, side note on that is God doesn't want to replace you because you are uniquely you. You, know, you were wonderfully, beautifully made. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. You are perfectly you. Your personality, your traits, your strengths, your non-strengths, you are who you need to be but there may be stuff in there that can get removed so that he can come up and fill instead. The other thing that uh, comes to mind, the third point, would be obedience. And so whenever, you know, you, can, you can't progress further than where we have obeyed. So our yes to him, our yes to whatever he's asking of us is huge in this area because that's what he's asking. He's asking for our yes and to be obedient to what he's asking, of being obedient to lay down what needs to be laid down and do what needs to be done. And the cool thing is as we pursue uh, him, as we pursue his presence, his, his love transforms us and our yes becomes easier. The humility is easier. The obedience is easier because his love is always transforming us. Awesome. I'd love for the band to come up. That'd be great. Often when I speak, I uh, like to reference lyrics and I was, uh, there's a song that was coming to mind. It's one of my favourite songs and I always, whenever I pick up an instrument, it's one of the first things I play. Uh, and it's goodness of God. We're not doing goodness of God. Don't worry, Ben. I'm not just going, hey, you do the song. We didn't practice. Um, and in the chorus, we have these incredible lyrics of, all my life you have been faithful. And I think about that. Like, yes, all my life you have been faithful. But it is just, I have only experienced a fraction of it. You know, there is so much more of it. All my life you have been so, so good. Absolutely. Who knows that God's been good to you? That's a lot of hands. But it's just a fraction. We've experienced just a fraction of it. And your love... One moment. Let's get in the right key. My bad. Um... You know, his love, you know, the overwhelming, reckless love of God. We've experienced that love. But it's just a fraction. It's just a sliver of what it is. We're just scratching the surface in all of these things. And, you know, as we pursue him more, as we 
prioritize his presence, we get to see more. More and more is revealed because it's a mysterious stuff. Like to have the, the peace that surpasses all understanding can't be known. You know, to know the love that is beyond knowledge can't just be read and it needs to be more than that. It needs to be revealed to us. And so uh, while these guys play behind us, while Steve plays uh, behind, I'd love for us just to take a moment. Um, Virginia did a great job in transition and so we sort of spent some time already just sitting in his presence, soaking in his presence. Um, but we're just going to do a little bit more and then we're actually going to finish with a song. Um, but I'd love to invite us all to, to close our eyes now. We get the privilege to pursue him. We get that privilege to pursue him and... I want you now just to start asking God to reveal and to minister and to speak to you uh, about parts of his nature that uh, you, might be, you might be struggling with or you might just want to know more about. You know, God is always revealing. You know, ask, just ask him. You know, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask God something about his nature. Ask him about his love, about his joy, about his peace. About his faithfulness. Yeah, as Penny said at the start, where two or more are gathered, there you are in our midst. Lord God, I ask that you right now reveal yourself, that you come and move around this room and you touch hearts so they will experience uh, a new angle of you, a new uh, revelation of you, of your goodness, of your faithfulness, of your kindness, your gentleness your faithfulness.